0: I have like a fair amount of tea, actually. Yeah, uh, and a chicken bang bang wrap. <laughs> what is a chicken bang bang wrap? Uh, uh, it's like spicy mayonnaise and chicken. Fun with cilantro. It's a it's a predemon. Wait, are we recording?
1: Oh, in that case, welcome welcome to Speakeasy. Is that how we do it?
0: I guess so. No, I think, don't we put the speakeasy music somewhere? We say, like, put speakeasy intro
1: music here. Yes. So now it's playing. And here we are. Welcome to speakeasy number six, which uh, I have been informed by our associate digital producer, uh, Christina Lopez, that this is uh, our year anniversary of doing speakeasies. Hmm. Isn't that Do we have the
0: copyright to six? Like, I don't know if we should call it six.
1: (laughs) To the number six?
0: Also, numbering these makes me really anxious, because then it's like, I feel left out that I didn't hear the first...
1: Five. Well, just uh, it's not like Downton Abbey. You don't need to have seen the first five to know what happens in this one. Speaking of which, what we mm-hmm. do here, because we're going to tell you what happens, uh, what we do here is we play stuff that we didn't air on a regular radio show, stuff, some behind the scenes tape, and we talk about it off the cuff, unscripted. In other words, we speak easily, right? Does that pretty much cover it? Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think we had to hit that nail so hard on the head, but yep. yeah. That's that's what happens. That's why they call me the hammer. (laughs) All right, well, maybe we should save ourselves by just going to our first piece of tape, which uh, was the great Alan Cumming, who came by and we had him on because he just came out with this album with a great title, Alan Cumming Sings Sappy Songs at the Carlisle, (laughs) which is exactly what he did.
1: Yes, for those who don't know, he was, I guess most famously, he played the MC in a couple of Broadway revivals of Cabaret.
0: Mm -hmm. And for those of you who don't know, which is everyone, um, my favorite martini, This Side of the Mississippi, is at the Carlisle. Oh, the um,
1: Carlisle Hotel, where the, where the album was taped.
0: Which is a total inside-the-box choice, I admit. But um, if you uh, if you ever find yourself on the Upper East Side, what I recommend is you go to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. They're going to ask for $25, but they have an endowment of billions. Look it up. So give them, like, 5 bucks. Go look at some art. And then you go to the hot dog cart out front, where they have veterans. So veterans work at the hot dog carts. Nice. Buy a hot dog for $2, you feel good. And then you go to the Carlisle, And you get a martini, the best martini you'll you'll ever have, in Bemelman's, a bar which is painted up by the guy Bemelman, who did the Madeline children's books. Yep. Um, And the martini will cost $26. (laughs) And that's... (laughs) You just have to have your the priorities. The most
1: expensive thing will be three well, ounces of gin in a glass. But
0: <laughs> it's worth it. I just gave you my date
1: tip, up east side. I okay. love it. It sounds wonderful. By the way, for those on the West Coast, the my martini, and I think Brendan's as well, would be you go to Musso and Frank. That's kind of the mm-hmm. West Coast version. Sure. A little cheaper, though.
0: But we're totally getting far away from Alan Cumming.
1: Yeah, that's right. So uh, he came on the show. He answered a bunch of etiquette questions. Uh, and he also gave us a joke, which you did not hear on our radio show, because it required explanation.
2: All right, this is a Scottish joke, but you won't get it. But maybe there's some Scottish listeners. So a man, a man goes into
1: a baker's, a bakery, and and, and and points to the cakes. And he goes, excuse me, is that, a, is that a flapjack or a meringue? And the person goes, no, you're right. It's a flapjack. <laughs> 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 so you don't, because it's it means, or am I wrong? Is it a flapjack or am I wrong? Amarang. 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 That's See? good. Or Amarang. Thank we can you. can totally use that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Finally. All right. <laughs> Subtitles will be provided. I like how you tried to be nice to him, Brendan. You're like, oh, yeah, we can use that. I was sitting
0: right in front of him. See, you <laughs> were, and for that one, you know, we, guests are sometimes in L.A., sometimes they're in New York. Alan was here. In in New York, where Brendan is located. Yeah. And so I had to stare him in the face, and had I had no idea what that joke, what, what happened there. And he is a very entertaining guy, and I was just very uncomfortable. So I started making noises like I was in front of a toddler. It's like, <laughs>
1: Oh, well done, little Cummy.
0: <laughs> but it was a, I thought it was a funny joke once I understood it. Yeah, sure.
1: Once he provided the audio subtitles. I love the idea of audio subtitles. If anyone can do them, it would be Alan Cumming. That guy is one of Tony for a reason. All right, uh, here's our second thing that we should play. And this would be from your interview, correct? With Adam McKay, the director of right. The Big Short, Oscar-nominated yeah. director.
0: Which also... Happened in person. And people might know this about Adam McKay. He directed The Big Short. He won an Oscar just the other week for uh, adapting the screenplay from Michael Lewis's book That's right. of the same name. Uh, but he's also most famous for making Talladega Nights and Anchorman and doing all this great comedy with Will Ferrell. Mm. And I knew that Adam was originally from Philadelphia, a dropout of Temple. University. Uh, yes, in Philly. And so when we started the interview, I started like we start all interviews. I asked him what he had for breakfast and you'll hear kind of what happens. But first, just to get your level, can you tell me your name and what you had for breakfast?
2: My name is Adam McKay. I skipped breakfast and just had a salad that was really good with like egg bits in it. Mm. I don't know. There's something about egg bits in salads, like reminds me of, I'm 47, like the late 70s salad bar. I always like egg bits in my salad.
0: Charlie Rose apparently has a Cobb salad every day for lunch.
2: I've got no problem with that. I, I'll sometimes tell my co-producer, let's get a 1970s salad. And it's usually ranch with like croutons, egg bits, It's kind of that like Rustler steakhouse salad that I sometimes crave.
0: You're from outside Philadelphia, correct? Correct, yeah, yeah. And Bookbinders, I don't know, that's You remember that? That's a place that used to have
2: eggs. Oh my God, of course. I used to do the horse carriage tours down around that area. You led them or you went on them? I led, I did them. I used to drive the horse carriages. I did it for like three months. I had a friend who did it who hooked me up with it and it was really fun. And then I chipped a tooth and I looked really messed up with a chipped tooth, and I couldn't get any rides because yeah. I looked like a, such a creep. I'm
0: guessing that was Philly, probably the '80s, early '90s. You know, Philly's gone through a bit of a renaissance. A chipped tooth guy and a horse in the Philly back then.
2: You are spot on with that. This was like '88. Yeah. Chipped tooth in Philly, not as cool as chipped tooth now. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Adam McKay. Chipped tooth is a look now, and uh, that's a hipster look, maybe in Philly. I'm
0: not even sure if it is a look, but I just, I just back then it was old city was a little bit barren. And Danker. it was a little more frightening. And Adam McKay is a big man. He is. Uh, so him with the chipped tooth, dressed like a Revolutionary War person, I'm guessing, <laughs> because that's the whole area where like Benjamin Franklin had his printing press and stuff. Yeah, he might um, be
1: packing a musket. You never know.
0: Why hasn't he made a movie about that? He's done like Step Brothers and Talladega Nights. He should do a movie about yeah. kind of Revolutionary War reenactment people.
1: I would love to see a Revolutionary War comedy. Oh, you know
0: what? Actually, While I was prepping for that interview, actually, I, I listened to an interview he did with P.T. Anderson, the great director. Mm. And he did tip his hand and and he said he wants to do a movie with um, uh, Will Ferrell, of course, John C. Riley, where they join a militia at the border.
1: <laughs> oh, no. So it won't be political at all.
0: No, not at all. That
1: couldn't be satirical.
0: Following the big short, I think he got a taste for politics.
1: Uh, Hey, so you got to have a little flashback to your Philly days. I (laughs) recently got to have a brief flashback to my Pittsburgh days. We're both Pennsylvania boys, Brendan and I. Uh, Speaking to Dave Navarro, the guitarist of uh, Jane's Addiction.
0: Now, Jane's Addiction flashback, that... Now that works for me.
1: Yeah. I just get a general flashback when you say Jane's Addiction. Indeed. Very 90s. And also very psychedelic band. So those two words have appeared often in the same sentence, I think. Jane's yeah. Addiction and flashback. So I was talking to him. He he came in and spoke to, uh, to us about his this documentary he made about his mother being murdered when he was 15 years old. Very dark, as you might imagine. And in a lot of ways, mind-blowing documentary. But he also, and he talks about this in the documentary, had a great sense of humor. He was willing to tell jokes about some pretty dark things, but Mm. I still didn't, I wanted to sort of keep the interview focused mainly on this chapter in his life, but I couldn't help, when we were done with the interview, asking him about the first time I saw Jane's Addiction. I'd seen them once when they were quite popular, but before that, I saw them in Pittsburgh, and here's the tape of us talking about it. The other one was, I think your first tour, opening for the Ramones. Oh my God, in Rhode
3: Island. No, this is in Pittsburgh. Oh yes, and you got booed off the stage. I don't know about that. You were—I was there, man. That's a different band you're talking about. <laughs> they, but it was—it ter- wasn't your fault. You. Were I just great. got done telling you this terrible tragedy about my mom. You gotta bring this up. Jesus, this is exactly how I felt when I was 15. <laughs>
1: Oh, I don't mean to re- really reopen great. the trauma. I just remember it was just a bunch of pun- It was like the worst booking ever. It was a bunch of Pittsburgh leather-jacketed
3: punks. Yeah, yeah, then yeah. And these kind of semi-goth people with dreadlocks oh, come on stage. I don't this... remember that one. I remember a Rhode Island performance we did uh, with the Ramones, but if you'd like to focus in on the one that's painful, that's okay. <laughs> no, no, uh, what was, tell me about the good. Um, I'm happy to hear Ramone stories. I remember we were all staying at the same hotel, and we came, we were coming back from the venue, and Dee Dee was in the parking lot. <laughs> we're like, hey, man, what are you doing? He's like, I'm waiting for this girl. This girl's going to show up, and, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be one of those nights, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay. And so <laughs> I go to my room, go on the balcony, smoking a cigarette, look down, there he is. He's still down there, right, an hour later. Or Dee Go to sleep, get up the next morning, it's time to drive to the next place, come out of the hotel, he's still <laughs> up front sleep, like against his back up against the wall Nobody sleeping no Dee-Dee? girl ever came no one ever... Ramone. somebody should have come by it's thing you know what let me tell you something man that happens more times than you would think to rockers yeah no yeah because the girl wants to know that they can go you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, to actually sleep with a rock star might be scary. Or well, you know, they, they, they the get bubble. the
3: validation, so, like, you know, they don't need uh. to go. But that was funny. That was one of the better ones. And mm, then... Uh, poor rock stars. I know. That, <laughs> it's a shame, right? Oh, D.D. Ramone. You know, you hear me shocked at first. It's
1: like, what? Nobody came. No women came for D.D. Ramone. I love the Ramones. But have you Google image searched yeah. Dee Ramone in the 90s? He's not. <laughs> he wasn't the handsome that, chap he once was. Punk rock took a toll on him, and he was kind of the crazy one. In the remote, mm-hmm. which is saying something, but <laughs> one of the great rockers of all time, though I, w- I wish that he'd had found some companionship that day.
0: That reminds me of a weird story that I probably shouldn't even because I don't. It's complete rumor, but about Bob Weir and his now wife. But mm-hmm. it involves basically Bob Weir, um, who's from the Grateful Dead, of course, seeing meeting her in the audience. She was his junior by decades. Oh yeah. yeah and yeah. then he ended up like going to her parents' house afterwards and just like eating ice cream and like sleeping on the couch. And then her parents woke up and like Bob Weir's on their couch. <laughs> I'm pretty. I think I read that in Sammy Hager's biography. I'm not making that part up either. Yeah. They both live in Marin. Um, sure. Wow. This has become a really weird episode of Speakeasy. <laughs> I know. So, okay. and I'm looking at Nina, our producer. I think she just looked up a picture of DD Dee Dee Ramone because <laughs> <What's laughs> she described her made face. a face like she just smelled bad milk.
1: <laughs> yes. It's perhaps not surprising. But no,
0: I mean, very gentlemanly of th- him. Yeah, to wait. Like waiting out front of the hotel. He's what? like, meet me at the Days Inn yeah. afterwards.
1: If she does show up, he should be there as a gentleman.
0: Okay. We're now talking about visual things on an on an audio podcast, so I think it is time... To put, oh, wait, we have one. We actually have business yes. on this speakeasy. One last
1: piece of business. Yes. So, so uh, actually, a couple of things that we want to tell folks. First of all, if you were enjoying this kind of behind the scenes stuff, uh, you can get more of this in written form in our newsletter, which comes out once a week, goes straight to your inbox for free, and it tells you, you know, behind the scenes stuff at our show. Also, uh, you'll get a cocktail recipe from our show in every newsletter, and you can sign up for that at dinnerpartydownload.org. Also on our website, there is a gift. Giveaway going on. Is that correct? Jackson is our uh, producer. I'm looking at him through a window in the adjacent studio. Yeah.
0: I'm giving you the thumbs up, which people at home can't see. But <laughs> the answer is yes. Uh, we're giving away five uh, packages, which each contain the Blu ray DVD of the movie Carol, which ah, is pretty cool.
1: An excellent movie.
0: And um, also the book that it's based on, which is a novel by Patricia Highsmith called The Price of Salt. That's part of the package, too, as well as posters signed by the cast members of the movie.
1: And the, the DVD comes out this week. That yep. is the idea.
0: The DVD's is out t- today, Tuesday.
1: All right. Where do they And where do they go to get that, Jackson?
0: <laughs> uh, you can go to dinnerpartydownload.org slash carol, like the movie, C-A-R-O-L.
1: And that is through March 18th. It's a really beautiful film. It's uh, sumptuous. Yes, a multiple Oscar say. nominee, although I don't think it won. Did it win any Oscars? I don't think it won it.
0: But if you saw the Oscar, hopefully you didn't see the Oscars because there was a huge spoiler. The only way you could have spoiled Carol would have been playing the clip they played during the Oscar. <laughs> really? So hopefully you didn't see that, but it's worth seeing because Todd Haynes, the director, puts a lot of heart and art and thought into every frame, and it's uh, it's a beautiful thing to watch. And the book by Patricia Highsmith, which is loosely based on her actual life as a student at Barnard, um, is also worth reading. So,
1: I wait, can I sign up? I don't think that you're allowed to sign up for the giveaway. <laughs> for our newsletter? The newsletter, yes. you can, All right. <laughs> you too can be privy to what goes on behind the scenes at our show, Brendan.
0: Okay, well, thank you, everyone. And I <laughs> guess we would play the speakeasy mu- ending music. We'd put it right here. That sounds good to me.